What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameri Braid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. We are here. I'm Noah Bloomberg from Inniat River Forge, Ryan from Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works, and Justin Lamaroux from Rainy Day Forge. How we doing, you boys? You said it right. You said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Brian Cohn. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lamarooks, is that right? Or no rooks. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> why is there an X on the end? I don't understand. I'm American. That doesn't make sense. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a French name. So, well, welcome, Justin. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Um, let's just go ahead and real quick, let's just go through how everybody's week's been going. I'm going to go ahead and go first because I got to tell everybody that I got my new Ameribraid fastback set up and running in my shop. And I am freaking psyched. When when these guys first came on the podcast, obviously, like, I've heard of them. I know who they are. But I'd never, like, held any of their products in my hands. And then I started getting pretty excited when I was looking at, you know, all of their content and, like, how, you know, how much they, they really care about their products and stuff. I got to tell you guys, I'm pretty convinced that this is the best grinder on the market right now. Um, I've been using it for a couple days now and, uh, I just got my, uh, platen from them. I, I had tried to rig up my, my old platen to work on their machine. It worked okay. Um, and I had my contact wheel and everything going, but I got, um, their flat platen. I got one of their work rests, which is this adorable little thing. They have a bigger one. They have a couple of different ones. I got the small one because I just kind of, I, I, I don't need a big work table. Um, so I got that thing and I freaking love this machine. Like it, like I could go on for a while about all the different things that I love about it, but what is the fastback? So the fastback, it's pretty much their, their top of the line grinder. Um, and it has a couple of cool features. Okay. The one thing that I will say, uh, when I first was looking at their grinders, they have a latch mechanism for the tension arm. So you pull the tension arm down and it automatically latches. Mm. And then you just have to undo that when you, uh, you want to put the tension back into your belt. And honestly, like I thought that was kind of gimmicky when I first saw it. I was like, man, I, I really don't feel like I want a latch there. After using it for a couple of days... I got to say, I think that's the best feature on the machine. Like, you know how freaking sweet that thing is to just be able to go ka-chunk 
I pull my belt off, go over, hang it up on my wall, grab my next belt, go back over and just slide the new one back on, unlatch it. And it's already perfectly set with the tension. And the other thing is, is that like when you're swapping out arms, let's say you latch it down, you pull your other one out, you put your new arm in, you take up the slack in the belt, tighten it up. And then when you unlatch it, it's already perfect, like exactly the tension that you want every single time. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I tried making one for my grinder probably a couple of years ago and I just couldn't get it. Like the, the, the angles and everything, the way my grinder is, I just couldn't, couldn't make it happen. So I got to look into a grinder eventually. Well, if, if you go to Ameribraid and use code (laughs) hustle 100, you can get yourself a hundred bucks off their chassis or any of their grinder packages. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And like I said, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you already have a motor and a VFD and you just want to upgrade your chassis, it's 675 bucks with that, that code. And that doesn't put it that far above a lot of, you know, DIY kits, but, and it puts it well below, you know, other grinders that are out there on the market that don't come the way that this, I mean, this thing comes fully built, assembled, Mm -hmm. uh, ready to go powder coated. Uh, it's, it's a phenomenal machine and I'm like, I just need to hook up with, uh, to, with Ryan's accountant so he can tell my wife to buy more tools. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was stressful, man. I was sitting there with the tax guy and he's like, so how much was your laptop? And I'm like, cover your ears. (laughs) And, And he's like, how much was this? And how much was this? And I'm like, oh. I haven't told her any of this. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I usually go through that stuff with my wife, but it's sometimes after the fact. Or if it's like if it's a big purchase, I'll be like, "Hey, honey, <laughs> yeah. computer sucks, and I need a new one to edit." So here's a few options. <laughs> and she's always like, "Just buy the one where you're not going to have to replace it in a year, <laughs> or complain about it over the next two years." So she's she's pretty awesome for that. Yeah, I'm pretty wife... happy with the one I've got, but the one I got now. Awesome, awesome. The the, the wife or the grinder? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Uh, n- not the grinder. I uh, so I got a special delivery from Ameribraid too. Oh, and it, and it was a slack platen and a rotary platen. Ooh. 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 Ooh, I like that. And you have to take the arms. They use uh, one and a half inch square aluminum stock. So you have to take the arms down if you're running a revolution, which I am. Mm. So I have yet to install it, but holding it in your hand, you can feel the build quality. It's unbelievable. When I opened the box and I picked it up, I was like, holy shit, this is beautiful. It's amazing. Even the bearings, like everything is just top quality. We're not saying that because they sponsor us. They wanted our honest opinions on this. If they sucked, we would tell you. And they don't. It's unbelievable. It's like and nothing else I felt from and I've bought stuff from everybody and there's is a levels above the rest. Hmm. Well, and that's 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 a that's an important thing to note here while you're talking about that specifically, Ryan, I bought this grinder. So this isn't some sort of sponsorship deal where they sent me one and they're paying me to talk about them on the podcast. Like I bought this grinder with my money because I wanted it. And I'm giving you guys my honest feedback on it. And um, we talk about our sponsors because we use them. You know, we we like the products that we have. We don't uh, we don't seek out or accept sponsorships from 
places that we don't actually want to use or that we don't actually believe in the quality of their products. So mm-hmm. I, that's, I think that's really important to have that integrity when you're on a podcast and you're, you're shouting people out constantly. You're talking about it, that the people that you're talking about not only make good quality products, but have integrity and are, you know, decent people that you want to support. So people catch on pretty quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're repping bullshit and then they call you on it and it's like, why would I yeah. listen to these guys anymore? You lose so much of your, it's not worth it. It's not yeah, worth it. Yeah. Reputation. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I got that set up this week. Um, I'm doing some ABL. I got some, uh, I got some no scale from Lawrence and I'm trying that out with the ABL. I got a lot of great feedback. Thanks to everybody who gave me some feedback on how they use it on Instagram. Okay. Um, seems what like some pretty good stuff. No scale. Yeah, it's no scale. So it's a coating. You can use it on carbon and stainless. And basically okay. it just keeps, um, you know, if you're, I'm going to use it on like a lot of my Damascus that gets forged pretty close to shape. Mm. I don't want to worry about uh, uh, decarb or anything like that when I'm heat treating it. Um, right. But I mainly bought it for my stainless because I found out really quick that I hate stainless foil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a pain. And it I haven't sucks. even... I haven't even gotten cut by it yet. I know that's what everybody's always talking about, right, but right. Uh, I, I know it's coming. So uh, it was, it's just a pain to work with and I, I didn't care for it. So I wanted to try out this no scale stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. Lawrence gave me some really good pointers on how he uses it and stuff. So I appreciate that. And I did one knife test it out to see how it worked and it seemed to work really good. So I'm looking forward nice. to using that some more. Is it, um, is it the same kind of green stuff that smells like uh no, polish? that's um, that's Condorcet. Yeah. This is like uh, it almost it almost looks like a mortar, like a really wet mortar. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. It look it looks like mud when it's okay. dry. I, I have both. I uh, bought out a, a knife maker's shop here in Manitoba, and he gave me like he gave he gave me everything, which was awesome. Well, nice. Gave hashtag yeah not right. hashtag but uh, <laughs> hashtag gave me everything <laughs> hashtag gave me everything and uh, yeah I've been experimenting with the condorcet but I haven't played with the uh, that mortar type stuff yet but man that condorcet yeah you get pretty dizzy on that is it uh, <laughs> is it pretty potent potent stuff yeah yeah that's like end of day kind of stuff you like all right I'm ready to get in the house and just like coat your stuff and then head back in. So yeah, I didn't notice I any sort of smell with this stuff. I can't remember. Exactly. It's ATP, some numbers. Right. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, you can find it on maritime. I don't remember the the name of it, but yeah, it's, it's just a no scale coating. And I've heard of, you know, mm. good and bad things about those types of coatings in the past. I just wanted to try it out for myself to see how it worked for me. And nice. so far, so good. So far, so good. So I'm going to try it on the rest of the... I got a batch of eight steak knives that I'm making stainless. So I'll try it on all of those. And hopefully the rest of them turn out as good as the first one. So Good, good. I I had good luck with it. I used it on some Nitro V. And it seemed they're just as hard as when I use foil wrap. And I don't mind foil wrap. I've gotten used to it. But it's expensive. That shit, it adds up. It's time consuming too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Cut the material, fold it, fold the ends. Like, there's all these steps where with the condorcet, I was just like, I originally I was like hanging the knife and then painting it on and Mm -hmm. 
that was time consuming. Now I just like laid on the bench flat, paint the one side, head in the house and just paint the other side the next day. Like there's a delay in the ability to do it, but the actual time consumption of doing it is way quicker. So yeah, that's what Noah Vachon uses. I wanted to try some. And mm-hmm. uh, Tobias Hangler told us about aerosol stuff that they developed over in the UK. Oh, I I've want that. that too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. An aerosol spray would be fantastic. Um, oh, who was it? It was uh, Rodney. Rodney Philman, I think, uh, was telling me he actually takes that ATP stuff and he puts it in a spray gun and sprays it to oh. get a nice even coating. Oh, interesting. And my first thought was, well, that sounds like a lot of like prep and cleanup, but he didn't seem to think so. So I guess if you're doing like a large batch, I mean, that probably wouldn't be too bad. It's water soluble, so you can just wash it off, whatever you run it through. That's a good but point. Rodney, that's the sharp carpenter. Yes, yeah. sir. Man, yeah. nice work crowd at his shop, eh? Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Shout out to Rodney. Yeah. He's given yeah. me a ton of advice on stabilizing <clears throat> and not your normal run of the mill internet advice. Like his advice actually works. So. <laughs> He's a cool dude. I've been talking to him a lot lately, and uh, we actually have a little uh, little work thing going on that uh, we'll be doing pretty. It'll be pretty fun later on. So keep you oh, guys posted spe- on that. Speaking of work things, I got a little collaboration raffle going with Mike Jones Knife and Tool. For yeah, you do. Wants to head over to his page, check that out. We did a collaboration knife. It's been months in the works. Him and I both took our sweet times, and. Uh, yeah, it came out awesome. He used some multicolored yellow cedar burl. Oh, for the cedar. handle, nice. Okay. Yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a little bit of a different handle style than he normally does, right? Yeah, because I did the blade and it's full tang, so it was. I did a little switcheroo. Oh, on there you go. Nice. Yeah, I changed up the shape a little bit, keep him on his toes. I just <laughs> realized, though, that we're only running it till Monday, so it'll be over oh, by the time this comes out. <laughs> unless somebody watches it on YouTube tonight. Hopefully. That's a short <laughs> raffle, man. That's how he does them, but he's got 40,000 followers. Oh, okay. So That's nice. That's nice. That would well, be what epic. else have you had going on this week, Ryan? Um, I had my bandsaw last week, right? Yeah. Have you yeah. used it? Yeah, I played with that. It was missing a keyway on one of the shafts. So I started cutting and the blade stopped turning and I was like, what the hell? But I can fix anything. It took me like five seconds. I have key stock everywhere because I have motors everywhere. So easy fix. Yeah, I, I, I learned, uh, with the uh, WFI two uh, podcast this last week that you can fix anything. That was, uh, that was quite the episode, man. Thanks, man. Did you listen to both of them? I did. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, uh, just for the listeners, I haven't talked to Ryan about this at all. Um, but that was, that was an interesting podcast, dude. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying like other people's aren't, but, uh, that was a very, very good show. That was, you put a lot out there. It was good. It was, oh man, I felt like weird afterwards. I was like, that first half got real dark and I was like, fuck, nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> but no, I you don't know. think it got dark necessarily. It just like you got into your backstory and I think people appreciate seeing 
the roots of different people. So yeah. you've got you've got stories. So it's great. Yeah. I kept I kept it pretty PG for Cone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got, I think PG PG thirteen is good for Brian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. I'm sure it, it could have gone a little further, but yeah, no, it, you, you told it well, and it was a really cool, cool way to hear your backstory and, uh, you know, obviously stuff that I didn't know. So it was, it was good. It was a good episode. Well Thanks, done, man. Thanks. Yeah. It was one episode. And then we realized right. that the file was only like 15 megs too big. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Cause there's limits on file size when you upload podcasts. And uh, he was like, what do I do? I was like, split it in half, I guess, bro. Yeah, he, and he found a down. good he, he found a good spot to split it and it made sense and it was it was good. Yeah. Yeah, when so I, I was w- running a Fortside chat with Lyndon, we'd often run over that that size limit. And there's some like MP3 shrinking like websites. They'll take your your file and just compress it. Oh. Yeah. I don't think me or Cone know how to do that. So he we got a two-parter in there. Say. Yeah. You know, two-parter was good because it was it was good length and they were both entertaining. I appreciate well, that. Justin, I got a lot of feedback on that episode. Oh, I'm sure you did. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand where you were like, oh, geez, you know, like maybe I didn't want to do that. or But it, it turned out really good. It was, it was really entertaining and uh, it was it was good. It was a good, Thanks, it, was, it was, it was one of those ones where you wanted to keep listening, you know, like you, 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 it was engaging. So it was good. It's, I have a, as we know, well, I have a tendency to go off on tangents <laughs> and I've always been like that and I can't help it. And B cone was pretty good at wrangling me. Like yeah. he'd let me go a little bit and then he'd, he'd pull me back into what we were talking about. Sometimes I need that. Yeah. Whereas yeah, with he, the bro down showdown with my brother, we both do that. And that's what feeds the entire conversation. And it's just like, one just, long tangent. Yeah. Between two people. And it, so it seems to be working. People, we get a lot of good feedback on that show now too. And be, listeners are growing, but it's not a safe for work show. And like, it's not really safe for like old ladies or kids. <laughs> you, you don't want to market to everyone like, uh, make a podcast for everyone otherwise it's vanilla and no one wants to like yeah listen to it's it. called the bro down showdown a show for the bros by the bros nice. <laughs> it's not bro. bruh bruh That's why do you guys like think... have a central topic at all or do you guys just randomly talk about whatever that's our normal conversation Okay, we just okay. have a normal conversation with microphones instead of just normally. But now hey, we, we've started like looking stuff up. Like when we're talking normally, we don't look stuff up maybe on our phones once in a while. But on the show, like Richie's like getting obsessed. And so he's got it all set up at the shop where we can like pull stuff up on the screen. And oh, sweet. yeah, he's getting pretty deep in the production side. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Well, Justin, I like that shit. Yeah. Justin, what's going on with you this week, man? Uh, myself, I'm relearning to grind. <laughs> relearning? A, yeah. Oh, dude, I had a hard week. I, uh, I I redesigned a few knives for my web store, 
And I was like, okay, sweet. They're designed. I drew them out, put them in the computer, like, so I could print out, like, uh, a model of it and put it on, like, uh, stencil material for in the shop so I could reproduce it. But now that I've got them heat treated and I'm on the grinder, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> this is hard again. Uh, so I ended up grinding, grinding, I ground out five knives. Yeah, five of them. And then Nick Tobin sent me a video of his, one of his knives. And he was like flexing the edge on a piece of steel. And I was like, shit. Yeah. I'm too, I'm too thick here. I need to thin these out. Okay. And by that time I was already like through all my grit progress. progress. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to hate myself. If I get to the end, I finish these knives and they don't cut well. So let's just go back, go back to 60 grit and let's grind these down. So I did that. And then I hand sanded, well, I did all of them. And then I started hand sanding one of my knives. And I'm like, this is taking me forever. This sucks. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's go back to the grinder again and run through like the higher grits and like try to try to get rid of as much of these like little grind scratches as possible. So I went like three times on the grinder with these knives and, uh, I finished hand sanding today just before the episode, but two of them, I was like, no, I'm not hand sanding these. I'm just going to use the uh, conditioning belts and see like, is it worth it? Like all this hand sanding to <laughs> like, it's a beautiful finish, but so is conditioning belts and <laughs> conditioning belts. You're like, uh, you're there for five minutes maybe as opposed to like an hour. Yeah, we know. What, uh, we don't know how I feel about hand sanding blades. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And have you, you like, finished? Are, are, have you lost business because? Oh, these are like you use conditioning belts, Ryan. Like, Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, I just like so I go up all the way through Trizac, like we've talked about, right. and the conditioning belts are just kind of. I don't know. They kind of give it a softer look. That's all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, they, cleaner, they, I guess. I call them they like cheater belts. They hide everything, right? <laughs> like if you have yeah. A couple micro scratches there. You know they're there, and as soon as you start hand sanding them, they're gonna like really pop. Out. pop. But if yep. you like just conditioning belt, that's just like camouflaging everything. So, so I've got a mix of my run. I've got two that are conditioned, and then. The, Three others are hand sanded. What kind of knives are these and what kind of steel? Uh, they're all AEBL and they are more Japanese style knives. So I've got a Santoku and two uh, Nakiri and a Petty Knife as well. So nice. Well, those are yeah. all knives that look good with a belt finish, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. It also see. comes down to, are your knives priced at a belt finish or are they priced at a hand-sanded finish? Because those are two separate things. A hand-sanded knife should be a lot more money than a belt finish knife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm trying to figure that out for myself. I'm, I'm not there yet. My website's up, but like those knives aren't priced on there. There's no photos of them yet, so I need to get that on there. Like I'm hoping by Tuesday, so. Yeah, nice. and, I mean... If you do it a lot, you can get a mirror polish on a belt. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, I do. Um, I like using the VSM Illumerons. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah, like, I've heard of those. They're like textureless. They're smooth and you can get a really nice finish on them. So I'll usually go through the, uh, the, the, the abrasives, the uh, structure abrasives like you do, and mm-hmm. then move on to the VSM ones to like really, you'll see like the little spots where you kind of missed, uh, missed your grinds and got like, uh, a deeper scratch, but you do, you can, you can work them out and get like a pretty oh. shiny finish. So I, yeah, got, I can't I remember got who it was. Somebody was telling me about those Illumerons. I actually just got one from Lawrence the other day. Cause I wanted to try one out. They're a little pricier than, than a standard belt, but supposedly you get a little bit more life out of them. So yes, that's why do. I'm trying them out. They last a long time. Uh, using them wet seems to help as well. Oh, it kind of like okay. raises up the abrasive. I uh I tried something new on. Did you guys see that big old Baker Forge and Tool Copper Damascus knife I did mm-hmm. with the purple handle? The crazy wanted, purple handle. Yeah, I wanted like the grains and the metal to pop, but I didn't want to take the blade to my buffing wheel. Okay. So I got you, you know those Rolock discs that go on uh die grinders and angle yes. grinders. Okay. Or the little like angle grinders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got wool ones. Yeah. And I used, uh, yeah, little wool polishing pads for it. They're like half inch thick, so they're plenty oh, thick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking um, about now. Oh, what the hell is... I got it right here. Hold on. It's just... I can't remember the name of this stuff. Yeah, I, I've done that before, too. You can take uh, pads for underneath, like, table slides or chair slides. And just oh, stick okay. them onto the die grinder pad, like the ones that twist on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they'll stick on there, and then you just hit it on your uh, your green buffing compound. Just go down the blade. I use semi-chrome polish. Oh. This stuff. Semi, yeah. like S-E-M-I? S-I-M-I, chrome, and oh. then the word polish. And hmm. um, it's not food safe, so you have to, like, thoroughly wash the blade afterwards. But it took out all those, like, deep, hidden carbides and got everything to really pop. And then I washed it and re-etched it. And hmm. it, it looked amazing. Mm. Makes a mess and it stinks. Semi-chrome polish. Something to try out. All right. Yes. Polishing paste. Well, yeah, it's so smell. I've actually it been kind of horrible. Considering <laughs> the whole belt, uh, the whole belt finish thing. One thing I noticed actually just today when I was uh, doing some bevels on an ABL knife is like, man, like even at the rougher grits, like I don't know if it's just the different platen or what, but I'm getting such cleaner grinds. Like mm. I almost like I've never felt like I could get like a solid belt finish before. Like I've always done like a hand rub finish. <laughs> so I don't know if it's just the the grinder or what, but uh, or it might be the material. That AABL grinds a lot different than a lot of the carbon steels that I'm used to using, and it seems like you could get like such a great belt finish out of it that I might actually start trying to do that on some knives mm-hmm. again. Yeah, you can get. I don't know why, but for some reason with me, my lines with AABL are much crisper than I can yeah. achieve with like a high carbon steel. Yeah, that's what I noticed. It was kind of odd. I don't know what the reasoning was, but yeah. Who knows? I might actually try some belt finishes again. Yeah. Do it. I yeah, I gotta start going that route because the hand sanding is kind of driving me insane. So 
Well, it's vanity bad. I don't Justin. think hand sanding blades is feasible for like running a business. You know what I mean? Because you're doing hours and hours of work for something that's just aesthetics that the customer mm. might not even notice. No, no. And I've got like a knife here that that I've made a, a few years ago, and we use it personally in our kitchen. And I just went with like just blade finish uh, finish on the grinder. And like, it's great. Like, I'm not missing the fact that I didn't hand sand it at all. Hmm. It looks fabulous. So I do a lot of Damascus. So everything kind of has to be hand sanded for those. But for the mono steel stuff, especially the like the stainless, it doesn't <laughs> really matter. I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the well, Damascus because you can get away with not doing that kind of stuff sometimes. Like it hides so many blemishes that you can like. Yeah, but yeah. if you want it to, if you want to get a nice deep etch and you want it to look pretty, like you really got to take your time with it. I don't yeah, know, in my opinion. It, it's why nobody gets black on black business cards because you can't see black on black. So if you etch it black, all the scratches disappear. That's why I like That's stonewash why I... finishes. Stonewash finishes yeah. are that for me. Not Damascus, but stonewash. Yes. That I haven't tried. I have to go, a, go down that, that path once. It's a, it's a good finish. I like, I like my stonewash, but mm -hmm. I'm not a huge ABL. fan of etching in general. It's kind of gross and, it's a process and I mean for Damascus obviously you have to but like to just etch a mono steel blade because you want it dark mm -hmm. unless somebody asks for it I'm probably not going to do it looking at the gator piss like the videos that I've seen it looks like you kind of avoid a lot of the mess like you're not getting all the soot or whatever the oxides on the blades and like you're usually you're 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 etching, you're sanding, you're etching, you're sanding, your fingers are all black, and it's like, ugh. It <laughs> stinks. It's like it just comes out really nice. Yeah. You have some well, gator piss, don't you, Noah? I do, yeah. I, I still haven't actually, like, finished a Damascus blade since I've had it, but I've used it for a couple test etches, and seems to work great, so. Nice. I'll be, uh, I'll be doing a, a Damascus blade here soon. I've, I've got I'm like four or five forge welds into my current project and I've got two, two more forge welds before it's done. So nice. it's a very intricate pattern that I forced upon myself for no reason other than I wanted to see how far I could take it. So it's good. Got to challenge yourself, man. Yeah, it, it should be cool when it's done. And if it's not, then I'll just forget it ever happened and move on. <laughs> It'll look good. I'll just have wasted a couple of weeks of work. No big deal. Right. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Justin. Well, hey, uh, on this show, uh, sometimes we do a little bit of uh, this or that questioning uh, just to kind of uh, get into our uh, guest's mind a little bit. Uh, right. So I've got a list of questions here, and this is this is going to be quick right off the bat. I'm going to list out two things. You have to just pick one of them. And okay. that's your answer. Can I do the Nick Tobin? Neither. No, no, you can't. <laughs> you sound just like him. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I had to change up my questions a little bit because of him. All right. Are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Quantity or quality? Mm, quantity. 
Whiskey or vodka? Vodka. Pizza hurricane or maple syrup flood? Oh, pizza hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> anchovies on pizza or peeps candy? Oh, I'll take the candy. I've had the anchovy. That shit's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Flying or turning invisible? Oh, let's go flying. Cooking or to be cooked for? Oh, cooking. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too. Oh, that's a tough one. Both are pretty uncomfortable. Let's go too hot. Clean shop or messy shop? Clean. Intense pain for 10 minutes or dull pain for one day? Let's go with the 10. Massive success by accident or modest success on purpose? Purpose. Outer space or the bottom of the sea? Oh, let's go to the bottom of the sea. There we go. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. I love being underwater. (laughs) Goggles. Yeah, that's fun. Seeing fish. That's my jam. Outer space, man, all the way. (laughs) aliens no way that's it's scary oh there's aliens on the bottom of the sea too man you just don't know about it because it's all unexplored true true that's like one of the only things i'm afraid of is the ocean i won't swim in the ocean yeah it's like one of my things that and bats i hate bats yeah yeah i was in australia probably like 20 years ago and uh yeah you're from Canada and the prairies. There's no oceans here. So one of the last days I'm like, okay, I'm going surfing. Like I got to do this. I can't not surf in Australia. So rent the board. I get out there, paddle out. And I look down the water's crystal clear. And I see like my shadow on the sand down below. And I'm like, holy shit. What the hell is that? Oh, it's me. All right. Okay. We're, we're safe. We're safe out here. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know about rash guards. So when you're paddling out there, your chest is oh, like yeah. rubbing on the board. So I was bare chested. Dude, I had two, my both my nipples were like scabs. They were just raw and flat. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried the nipples wouldn't come back at all. Like they were like, <clears throat> the, oh, it was awful. It was bleeding. That happened to me too. I went, I went surfing in Hawaii one time and I took these lessons right off of like Waikiki beach. Yeah. And you, I mean, you had to paddle out so far. Cause like we weren't like right on, on Waikiki. We're a little bit, you know, further down the beach. And so we had to paddle up the beach and then out past, you know, the, where the waves break. And I mean, you're paddling so far out there and you're just rubbing on that board the whole time. And you have no idea until you get back and you get out of the water and your whole chest is just red. (laughs) Oh, it was brutal for days, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My wife was we were walking around. I was holding my shirt away from my body and she's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I'm in pain here. Like, yeah, but you look kind of silly. I'm like, I don't care if I look silly right now. Like it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Walking around faith healing constantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, little South park reference there for those of you who caught it. <laughs> uh, I've been watching American dad like a few weeks nice. ago, uh, Ryan, you posted something about favorite TV shows or 
No, well, you posted something about um, it, it was a clip from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's what it was, which I I love. It's so funny. And then I said, oh, that's like my top show. And then you said, oh, American Dad's pretty good. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. So that's my go to bed TV show now. I'll fall asleep halfway through an episode, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good background noise, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. For for me, that's uh, that's Top Gear. I don't. I don't know if you get have you guys ever heard of uh, Top Gear or the Grand Tour. Yeah, yeah. It's three British guys: uh, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and uh, Richard Hammond. And I have been falling asleep to that show for like the last couple of years. I don't know why. Like that's what I fall asleep to, like every night. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's so good. I don't know it's, why. I need, I you, I need like certain shows allow you to fall asleep really quick. I used to do the fortune fire put that on the tv and i'd be like i'd start watching it out and my wife would be like you gotta stop putting that on like i end up watching fortune fire (laughs) i can't fall asleep and i'm watching like these guys making knives and i don't care about this show and i'm like oh but i fall asleep so good (laughs) i I used to do that a good show for that oh Oh, drunk history is good I, oh, yeah. I used to I used to do that with Forge and Fire until it got into like the later seasons where I, I think they purposefully got like less and less skilled Smiths on the show to try yeah. and create more drama. And I just get so angry watching it that I can't fall asleep to it anymore. Yeah, it's too bad they went that route. I don't know if they got through like the stock of all the Smiths that were willing to go on the show. But after a while, it was like. It's like, okay, we've got a one-year Smith. And I was like, I don't want to see a one-year Smith. Like, I want to see the guy who's been doing it for like 10, 15 years and can bust out something really pretty. But I, I think uh, the problem that they ran into is that all the Smiths that are good can't afford to take two, three weeks off of their their shop, you know, their job to go on a show for maybe $10,000. Like right. the rest of the time is unpaid. And there's other, other people that have talked about this recently. Uh, but I mean, you it's, lose it's a reality of it to taxes. Oh God. You pay taxes on it. And it's claimed as a lottery. So you lose like 40%. I've heard claimed. it both ways. Uh, Mareko talked about that. Cause he won the second time he went on there. And apparently he, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I thought he mentioned that he, he didn't have to pay that particular tax bracket. Hmm. Um, uh, so maybe it was, it's state it, by state. Uh, I yeah, know. I don't know. Possibly. But I just remember him saying something about that and how it wasn't a big deal for him. So yeah. I don't know for sure. But Well, as a Canadian, they won't come to Canada to film. So they, they, Yeah, I know. Well, you, I've noticed that there's never any Canadians. Film, you have to uh, be in the States to film. And it was like, well... <laughs> your shop's that up in Canada difficult. so yeah speaking of Fortune Fire let me ask you guys this so we all know Fortune Fire has played a big role in like the growth of the knife community yep. where do you think the knife community goes after the show's no longer a thing oh, I Does think it, it goes away it, you think there's no more knife community no I don't I don't, I don't think it uh, I don't think the knife community disappears per se, but I don't think it continues to grow. Do you think that's good or bad for serious knife makers? Yes. Yes. Both. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think there's going to be, you know, serious drawbacks and, and serious upsides because there's going to be, uh, you know, no, no more. Cause eh, I hesitate to say this. 
there, there are, if I know you, if, if, if you're somebody that I've talked to, I'm not talking about you. Okay. There are okay. some people in my area who make knives per se, mm-hmm. and their customers look at their knives and like, Oh, these are sweet hand forged knives, you know, like forged and fire. And I would hesitate to call some of the things that they create hand forged knives. Um, and that's not a knock on anybody. You know, everybody's been, you know, at different skill levels in their, their making, you know, like I've, you know, I started on my own. I taught myself, you know, and I look on my old knives and I'm like, Oh, geez, I'm so glad, you know, I've, I've come as far as I have. Um, so I'm not knocking anybody. Um, and like I said, if I talk to you, if I consider you a friend, you know, like I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about some other stuff that I've seen out there and I'm not trying to, you know, be down on anybody, but there are certain people who get to a certain level and they're okay being at that level because their customers are happy with their work and good for them for that. But I think once the forge and fire craze kind of goes away, those people that are okay being at that level are just going to kind of go away. They're not going to keep doing it. You know, they don't have the drive that other people do to keep moving and keep learning and keep moving up. And so I think that'll be a benefit for the community in that you're going to have higher quality work and customers are going to have the expectation that knives should meet a certain level. Um, But at the same time, you're not going to have as much growth because you have innovation from having so many people in the community that everybody pushes each other to keep getting better and better and do new things and try new things. Um, So I think that could be a potential drawback. Hmm. So basically the short version is (laughs) the weak ones are going to fall off. Yeah. I mean, you could have said it that simply. But that would be boring. That would be boring. This is this is this is why my wife hates talking to me about like certain topics because she she <laughs> says exactly what you just said. It's like, oh yeah. So that that ten minutes that you just spent talking could have been summed up in like one phrase, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but what do you say we? Uh... I, I love that Noah because I'm like <laughs> I'm the opposite. I like to like summarize it and keep it short and like a man of fewer words, but. I, I I'm attract attracted to people that can like shout their dialogue into like five minutes to say something very short for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's the podcast thing. Yeah, it is, it is filling space. That's for sure. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm a I am a solid space filler, <clears throat> and I appreciate that because I'll just sit here and stare <laughs> at you. He said, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, do we need an ad? I think we need an ad. I got my cursor right on Mr. Lawrence Lake at Maritime Knife Supply. So, yeah, run it. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? I look forward to the, the Gooses to return. Oh, I'm <laughs> looking forward to spring. <laughs> is it a fence? 
Is it offensive to a Canadian that Americans reference the great Cobra chickens? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I'm, most Canadians don't care. <laughs> nice. I don't anyway. What about homicidal panda pigeons? Homicidal panda pigeons. Is that like another word for the goose? Canada goose? That's what I call them. Oh, panda because they're mean. Right, right. Yeah. Right. No, I don't care. They taste, <laughs> they taste delicious. So, Are they good? Yeah, yeah. Depends how you cook them. M- Mom has to cook them. Oh, that'd be so cool to be able to eat your national bird. I've always wondered what <laughs> eagle tasted like. Oh, dude, we've got two, oh my gosh. two huge bald eagles like in the yard across from the house here. And we've got this tiny little dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man there's something to behold dude like a, a full-grown bald eagle is humongous yes it is yeah and uh i gotta <laughs> i can't believe you want to eat an eagle oh my gosh <laughs> why not why not because it's the symbol of america and because they're carnivores who eat like dead fish and yeah yeah Yeah, they might not taste that good well yeah chickens chickens will eat anything you ever seen what a chicken will do to a mouse chickens eat meat too and they're delicious okay that's true yeah yeah. those are canada's goosesses (laughs) majestic and loud and loud waking me up all the time Mm mm-hmm Oh, and they wow. just make noise for the fun of making noise. Oh, We've gone do. off the rails here, boys. <laughs> you have. I, I've been but... staying concise and consistent and to the point. <laughs> okay, what I want to go say... back to the last question, though, because you were talking about, like, if if Forge and Fire disappears, what happens? What What was your opinion, Ryan? Um... Kind of similar to Noah's, I think it'll be good for some, bad for others. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I, I'm, I think it'll I, be. I think for the market, though, like the people that are buying, I don't know if it'll ha- if it would have much of an effect if if all of a sudden like the Food Network disappeared and the food channels and that kind of stuff. I think that would have more an effect on the customers than if Force and Fire went. Are you yeah. talking the, the, the culinary world or the knife making yeah. world specifically? Culinary. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of like who's actually buying, right? Uh, right. How many people are buying because they saw Fortune Fire? Pro- probably a, a good percentage, but the people that are buying are like, I want a knife, like a functional knife for the kitchen, for the woods, whatever. Right. Yeah. And people are tired of disposable junk. Yeah. Which I don't think that trend's going to go away anytime soon. No. Um, and also, Fortune Fire's been around for so long, people aren't just going to forget. No. You know, you know what I mean? And it's always going to be on streaming services. And so even if they cancel making new episodes, I mean, Neil Warren's still on Netflix. You know, mm. so... They even put some of them on uh, Disney Plus. I saw the other day there was a season on there. Yeah. Yeah, so, see, so even if they cancel the show, I don't think it'll ever totally go away, at least not for quite a long time. Um, but I think it'll turn into a survival of the fittest type deal mm-hmm. where the market will would change slightly and people making like 
functional blades or kitchenware are going to be okay. Whereas people making like fantasy blades or, you know, things that like how many people are out there like using like sabers to chop down trees. (laughs) It's, it's, you know what I mean? Pretty rare. Yeah. Like I'm building a sword oven and I'm like, should I build a sword oven? Because is there a market for swords? Like that's going through my head too. Or should I just do it? Cause I've always wanted to do it and just exactly fucking, fucking yeah. do it. Do it. Cause you've always um, wanted to. I don't think yeah. well, you got to hit that right niche of like uh, Kyle and Royer and I am not Kyle Royer. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If, if you want to build one, build one. But uh, yeah, I don't know what the sword market looks like nor do I really want to, you know, that's, that's not what I wanted to do. I know they're out there, but I'd love to build a sword, but like sword makers tend to stay, they kind of have their own little community off the knife making community. Like they're separate. And I don't know many like strictly sword makers. So I don't know what kind of like market there is for them, but I've always thought they were super cool ever since I was a little boy wielding sticks, pretending it was a katana. Yes. Yeah, I got in trouble once because I hit a little kid in the back of the stick while he was riding down the street on his bike because I was pretending it was a sword. Javelin, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Took him off his bike. I did. Knocked him right off the bike. He was my buddy, but he cried. (laughs) (laughs) We were messing around. Automatically feel bad, eh? We were... uh, Oh, shit, it worked. Oh, (laughs) dude. Jousting? You ever, do you ever joust when you were on your bicycles with your with your friends? <laughs> no, I don't recommend it. Uh, we used to uh, we used to have match wars where yeah. me and my buddy me and my buddy would go shirtless. Yeah, and you'd take a book of matches and you peel off a paper match and you press your thumb on it and launch the match. And when that phosphorus is burning, if it touches you, it sticks to you. Yeah, oh, so it leaves like little tiny fucking burn holes in your body if you hit your buddy with them. Oh, boys, man! That, <laughs> like back in the back I, in the nineties, what else did you have to do? Oh, I, remember, yeah. I still remember the, the time I got smacked in the eye with a Roman candle projectile. Ooh. That was that's awful. Yeah, I think that was the end of the ran the end of the Roman candle wars for that day. Yeah, it was fun though. We used, yeah, we used to have bottle rocket fights, like the little tiny ones that just go yeah. and pop and yeah. pop. Would you shoot them at each other? They don't hurt, but yeah. See, I didn't like those. I we used to always just do the Roman candle wars because it's a repeating weapon, you know. Like it, yeah. Roman candles, you have to or not the Roman can, the bottle rockets. You have to light each individual one. You have to time it right, and then you have to like you have to flick it just the right way for it to go at your buddy. Whereas the Roman candles, you just Light it. Point. It's great. Yeah, yeah that's true. For this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do don't not try, try this at home. Don't try this at home, kids. This is this is pure conjecture. We don't know exactly how this happens, but it, that's, it, in in theory, this could could happen. This is how American country boys grow up. I don't know if you knew that. It's like shoot <laughs> stuff at each other. <laughs> it's the same. Oh man. Put on some they, uh, yeah. The thing with the bottle rocket wars was they were illegal then. So if you got some, 
Mm. You were like, it was like an occasion. You know what I mean? You'd like go out to the field and be like, <laughs> we're going to have a bottle rocket fight. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've always been illegal here, but we can just go buy them on the reservations. So <laughs> you can always get as many bottle. Ro- I mean, they're cheap too. I mean, and you can, you could stock up on bottle rockets for the year. Just, uh, just around the 4th of July. They legalized them here, but you can't have ones on a stick. Then so they come out of a bottle rocket then. They come in like a brick of 50 and you light the whole brick and they're like, do, 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 do. Yeah, those aren't bottle rockets. Which, which mm. I suppose if you like taped it to a board or something, you could just aim it. Ooh, yeah. That's a repeating weapon right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> How how would you guys like to play a little game of uh, fake news? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Florida sure. man <laughs> or fake All news. right. Uh, actually, I, I don't think this is going to be a, a, a first. I don't think there's any mention of Florida in this right. entire one. This is going to be all new. So I have three stories here that I'm going to read off. Two of them actually happened. One of them is entirely fake news, satire, completely made up. And you guys have to guess which one. So we start off with the headline. Man robbed of gun at gunpoint. Guns down gun robber with spare gun. (laughs) America. (laughs) The next one reads. That's insane. Criminal caught after cutting off 13 man buns in one day claims he was, quote, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Sorry, that's and, and lastly, we have mother discovers her son's bride is her long lost daughter after she spots birthmark on their wedding day. But marriage goes ahead anyways, because the groom had been adopted. Whoa. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. So to recap, we have man robbed at gun at gunpoint, guns down, gun robber with spare gun. Criminal caught after cutting off 13 man buns in one day, claiming he was doing the Lord's work. And the mother discovers that her son's bride is her long lost daughter after she spots birthmark. But the marriage goes ahead anyways, because the groom was adopted. Uh, just for like my sake of faith and humanity, I'm going to say the third one's fake. And I'm going to go with the men buns. I think, I think one of those men bun wearing dudes would be like, no, I'm taking you down and it would end quicker than 13. Men yeah. Buns. Yeah. You might be right. Like, All right. So Justin's going with the man buns and Ryan's going with the, uh, the long lost daughter one. Yeah. All right, Justin, you got it, buddy. Good yeah. job. <laughs> I thought it was the long lost daughter for a bit, but yeah, man bun. Nope, no, that actually happened. That's fucked up. Yeah, uh, I, I like how n- neither one of you, I mean, knowing America, thought thought twice <laughs> about the man gunning down the gun robber at, after being robbed of a gun at gunpoint. No, that stuff happens on the daily. <laughs> I, I, I although he, i guess he had to go back to his truck to to get his spare gun so that he could gun down the gun robber so, yeah you gotta get all, your truck gun it's not like he had two of them on him at one point in time so no you got your personal gun to get you to your truck gun and then your truck gun gets you home to your rifle 
Not that I know anything about that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, you want to hear from Kermit? Bless America. So I found out that Kermit the Frog was very quiet in our test play. So I increased him quite a bit. So you guys want to hear from Kermit? Let's hear Kermit. To our patrons. Oh, yeah. Hi-ho. You're listening to the Hustle and Grind podcast, a podcast for all the makers out there hustling and grinding every day to turn their dreams into reality. If you'd like to show your support, you can go to patreon.com backslash hustle and grind. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us all keep hustling and grinding. And remember, every time H&G gets a new patron, an angel gets twings. (laughs) Thanks, Luke. Jim Henson is just stoked on you guys, isn't he? Yeah, uh, we might ha- we might have to pop in a, a couple different ones here every now and then to avoid a lawsuit. That was awesome. That was not Kermit the Frog. That was Kramit, voiced <laughs> by our buddy Luke of Crafty Man Forge. Thanks, Good job, Luke. Thanks, yeah. Luke, and thanks to all of our patrons for uh, helping to support us. We really appreciate you guys. What are you guys sitting awesome. at for number of patrons right now? 26 26 solid 26 people nice. actually listen to this oh they sure do yeah I, i'm not surprised honestly like i was i was busy for the last several months there like i was saying but this week in oh, the t- shop i i like gobbled down like three four five of your episodes they're good wow yeah thanks man yeah oh, we got that. a new one Oh, we got Let's 27 now. What? Awesome. Let's shout out our new patron. Wow. It is Alexander Sloat at Devlin Forge. Excellent. And Brian Hunt at Hidden Rose Forge is also a new one. Plus Will from Maine at Spruce Hill Studios. Sweet. All within the last month. And how is it going on YouTube? Uh, slow. We're at like 51 subscribers. Okay. Yeah. So nice. Hopefully, it, is, uh, it it takes two seconds to upload it, so it's not like a big deal. No, not at all. And if it yeah. sits there and then someday grows into a monetized page, then that'd be sweet. But if it doesn't, people can yeah, still go watch the smoke cigarettes. There's a lot to monetize. How do you yeah, spell Devil in Forge? D E V L I N. Think you need a thousand followers, and then like. 5,000 watched hours. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, on my repair page that's monetized. That's what took the longest was getting the watched hours. Right. right. So I kind of cheated. I threw some ASMR videos on there. <laughs> like I just like made a video of that was one minute long of rainfall. Sound like it was 10 hours long. Okay. Yeah. Like sleepy sound videos. And then I people like, like yourself, like hitting the microphone lighting cigarettes no i did one that was rainfall and one that was a video of waves at the beach my wife sent to me like she's like oh look at these pretty waves and i threw it on youtube and made it 10 hours long and uh people put them on and then they shut their screens off so they can sleep to the sound so it plays for it plays for hours and hours so it like boosted me up there to get monetized youtube hacks nice i like it i might do more of them why like, not? Like, like if you go on, yeah, go on YouTube and look in box fan ASMR. <laughs> and what? it's like, yeah, it's a, just a, a one minute fan. video of a box fan that they've 
loop the video to be like 12 hours long and it's just a box fan people like right. listening to box fans Amazing. i guess i guess mm-hmm. getting that white noise yeah. yeah people that need background noise i guess that works cool i like the good for them the campfire ones with like the beautiful backgrounds mm. i thought about doing that in my wood stove like just recording a minute of it crackling and mm-hmm. looping it yeah yeah somebody should you just should grind it with your forges grinder asmr just somebody <laughs> grinding a knife for hours and hours on end 12 hours of grinding I put some grinding videos on Instagram and they never really seem to do very hot. Nah, I guess. Yeah. What value is it giving anyone on Instagram anyway, on YouTube, if it's like meditational or ASMR type stuff, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Hot squeal, hot steel being squished is usually pretty, uh, pretty good. I try and anytime I'm, I'm forging with the press, I usually try and take a quick video or something just to put it up there. And yeah, yeah. sometimes it does pretty good. I've gone down some hydraulic press uh, rabbit holes where they crush like diamonds and stuff. Mm-hmm. I crushed a pot the, can in mine once. Oh, I crushed a golf ball. That was fun. Oh, neat. Yeah. The one I watched, they put a diamond out on it and then like the ram came down and went over it. And then when they picked it up, the diamond was just embedded in the bottom of the ram. Oh, cool. Jeez. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Because diamond is a- harder than steel. Well, it must have been a pretty solid diamond with no inclusions or anything because, I mean, diamond's hard, but if there's, you know, like inclusions in it and stuff, like there's mm-hmm. weak spots, but. Check out the been... Hydraulic Press channel. All right. I'll have to. They like do it. like weird stuff too. Like they crush a Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Remember those toys from the 90s? Yeah. Damn, I cut one uh... of those open one time and it had like, it has like this weird maple syrupy stuff in it. <laughs> oh yeah uh-huh uh baker forge has actually been doing some pretty good uh crush videos they did a uh a kong you know like the dog chew toy kongs oh, i yeah. saw that it survived that was oh it was solid no man like yeah i mean it it was pretty jacked up but i mean they did they did more than just crush it they like went after it they used like the axe head drift like pressed through it like they tried to destroy it hard and it was still Kong shaped at the end, at the very least. Got to say, it survived the flat, the flat press. It just kind of like squirted out the sides and then retained its shape when it opened. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he did a coffee pot. That was pretty cool. Oh, I don't know if I saw that one. He should do a piece of micarta lengthwise. Ooh, ooh, like a like. I'll send him a block if he wants to do it. Yeah, big block. <laughs> Put it in well, there. did you, did you guys see the the press that Cole Ironworks is working on? No. Nope. Okay, so like my my press is a twelve ton. Mm-hmm. Like some of the bigger shops, you'll you'll see like twenty five ton, like big big presses. They're working on a one hundred and twenty ton press. Wow. This thing is massive. It had like four rams, like one on each corner that like comes wow. like. I, I can't even describe it, but yeah, anybody that is, follows Coal Ironworks, you probably know what I'm talking about. It was insane. I mean, the, just the crushing power. I don't know why you would need that much power, but I mean, if you can, why not? Yeah. Well, some of the like artistic blacksmiths will use like massive like presses like that to get like 
super deformation. Hmm. Hmm. Crazy. I wish Coal Ironworks would send me a press, even just a little baby one. (laughs) That'd be great, eh? Then I don't have to build one. Coal Ironworks, please send Ryan one. He'd love it. Come on. Come on. We'll run ads for a whole year. Come on. (laughs) But but I already have one. So what 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 am I gonna get out of this? We'll figure something out. (laughs) Yeah, he had to pay for it though. Yeah, I I bought mine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure hey, something anyways. out. Not like they're going to be like giving me a message this week. Hey, we heard your hustle and grind <laughs> podcast, and we'd like to send you a free piece of equipment. And we're impressed. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it was a great informative episode. Indeed. I especially <laughs> like the talk. I especially like the part where one of the one of the hosts went on a ten minute rant about what would happen if Fortune Fire went down. Yeah. <laughs> we I've also wondered. thought about. Yeah, about eating eagles. <laughs> I've also <laughs> wondered that. <laughs> oh, you deep fry anything, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody in the South can cook an eagle. We're going to get some haters you here. can't man. eat eagles. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, oh, my gosh. Speaking well, of sponsors, why don't we... Yeah, why don't we just knock out Phoenix Abrasives here? Shout out to... Speaking of delicious birds. Yeah. I wonder if you can oh, get a Phoenix. Oh, yeah, the Phoenix. See, that would be the key because the Phoenix is like unkillable, right? So you could eat it and then it would rise again. And mm. then you could eat it the next day. <laughs> Unless it rose again inside your belly and then it would be like alien. Nice. Please just play oh. the ad. I need to stop talking. <laughs> Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle and Grind use every day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. There you Thanks, go. Thanks, Luke. Phoenix Abrasives. Get yourself some Actatrox. Get yourself some of those VSM Red Ferraris. Mm-hmm. Those things cut good and they stay cool. I was using that on my grinder this morning. Cutting some heat treated ABL. The other one. Oh, the the VSM uh, Red Ferraris. Okay. I really like how they they stay cooler than other belts. Um, so that's really good if you're if you're grinding post heat treat. Mm-hmm. Like I was on that ABL, they make nice, clean cuts, and it stays nice and cool. Yeah, which yeah. I all my grinds are post heat treat. Oh yeah, hmm. yep. And those are my go to thirty six grit belt. Yeah, I yeah. use them for one twenty yeah. on some stuff too. Justin, you use yeah. VSM too? Is that what you said? Yes, I do. Yeah, VSM. I get my stuff from Maritime. Not to take away from uh, Phoenix mm-hmm. Abrasives, but uh, Maritimes in Canada, so I just ordered from them. Shipping's quick, so yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We love Lawrence too. Yeah, yeah, he's messaged me a few times asking me about different products to like, should I put this in the shop or what would you use this? And so he he actually reaches out to different people to see what what we think should be included in the shop, 
so you kind of get invested in his like in his brand and his success so well yeah he uh okay. he started carrying the pika products the pika pens and the pika pencils um hmm. after we had jeremy uh jeremy ballaball was on the show talking about them and i got one of those in my last order um nice while i was there i got one so. of the markers yeah same solid yep yeah he's yep. he's on the pulse right he's listening he's he likes he's he's a knife maker so he's not just some random company so it's it's pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was talking about with that, that coding that I was trying out, you know, he, he messaged me about it and mm. was giving me his advice on how he uses it and stuff. And I mean, it was super helpful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely he bought me wonton tacos one day. What? When? What's a, what's a wonton taco from Applebee's a couple months ago. He took me out to lunch. Fantastic. Oh. Fucking bask in my glory. Everyone. <laughs> I went to lunch once, like a few months back. Took Ryan super on a nice date. Guy. Yeah, yeah, super nice guy. What was the reason for the meetup? He was just in my area. Oh, sweet, nice. Yeah, he was like, "I'm passing through Bangor," and I was like, "Oh, cool." Lawrence, if you're ever in Washington, Applebee's. I won't take you to Applebee's, but I will take you to get real tacos. I chose Applebee's because and... I worked at that store, and I know that. The food is of human grade consumption. Okay. All right. <laughs> the one Applebee's. <laughs> you uh you you definitely have a, a different perspective when you've when you've worked in a kitchen. Yeah. There's places around here you do not want to take people out to lunch. Right, right. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're a cook, you know other cooks that work mm-hmm. in other restaurants and they're like, bro. That guy picks his nose. Yeah. <laughs> Never send food back. Don't ever complain. Mm-hmm. If I if my wife and I go out to eat and she's like, oh, I didn't order it like this. I'm like to eat it anyway. Still say nothing. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like to eat at home. If we do go out, man, it's got to be good. Uh, yeah. I just like yeah. tacos and there's a lot of really great taco places around here. So yeah. That's one thing in Winnipeg we don't have much of. We've got like a lot of international food, like international restaurants, but Mexican food, the tacos, not, not very good. Nothing, uh, nothing to cry home about or whatever the expression is. Call home about. Call home. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well, Justin, uh, we're getting towards the end of the end of the show here. Do you want to talk about uh, any, any special things you got coming out soon? Anything that might be on, you know, TV or anything TV, like that? TV, television. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so back in oh, probably April or May last year, um, when I was recording with Lyndon uh, a few episodes back, he was on the show, which was a good episode. <laughs> his uh, his doctor's appointment was sounded pretty funny. <laughs> It's probably not top of mind. I just listened to it. So, okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're just like, all right, what are you talking what? about here? Yeah. Um, so we were talking about like doing a tour of going to different blacksmith shops and filming that and making like a documentary based on that. Um, I'd reached out to producer here in Winnipeg, um, to be able to do something like that, but it got revised into myself making 
three knives for three different people and then documenting the, the store, the documenting the build and then documenting part of their story and then the delivery of the knife. So I have that coming out this week on Tuesday on Bell MTS 5 TV. So it's like central Canada to Eastern Canada. And yeah, I'm kind of stressed out about what's, what's, what the results of this will be, if people are going to watch it or not. Um, is it going to increase my sales or not? But it, it was a big project. Um, lots of time at the computer, way too much time, actually. It kind of hurt my body. <laughs> and you talking about fitness, Noah, I was like, oh, God, yeah, I got to I gotta get back into shape a little bit because, dude, yeah, just over Christmas and just pigging out and just sitting at the computer in my hobbit hole just editing and trying to fix things that I screwed up filming and but all in all it came together really well i'm super stoked at the uh the result and uh yeah so have you have you have you seen the the final cut like the final result of what will be aired uh yeah yeah i i did fucking everything (laughs) you did oh so you did everything so you basically yeah they told you what what they wanted to see and and you had to edit and you did everything up to the final result and that's what's going to be airing much. like i've got one buddy that came out and filmed uh the knife deliveries um he was sick he had covid for one of the deliveries so my wife filmed it and he also did the animation for fire and slice so it's got like a knife cut kind of through it and the letters kind of split in two um other than that like i produced it i kind of wrote well wrote the stories for it um Mm -hmm. filmed edited it's all self-documented so i wanted to hang on to every penny i could with it sure uh i because of that it took me way longer but in the end i think it 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 turned out as good as i could imagine so I'm, i'm stoked on it Nice. What would you say the whole time frame was like start to finish that you spent on this? Um, well, I started filming in September because um, I was waiting. I, I got approved for it probably back in June and got the, the camera at that point as well because they, they loaned me out like 4K camera, like beautiful tripod, the microphones and all that. And they said, all right, come back when you're done okay <laughs> sounds good thanks for like the forty thousand dollars of camera gear i'll take it <laughs> yeah and uh basically i was waiting for a clothing sponsor until like september i was reaching out to different um different guys who i was hoping to get get some some digs for it and got uh, mark's work warehouse I don't know if they're in the States. They're probably just Canadian um, to sponsor all the clothing, all the clothes, like a change of clothes for every delivery, change of clothes for every knife build, um, shoes. It was awesome. Like my closet nice. looks great right now. Yeah. And uh, so I was waiting on them to actually start because I didn't want to like look like a hobo working in my shop. Like I do most days. <laughs> I was going to say like like most of us would. Yeah, totally. But I was like, okay, it's got to look good. So yeah, that includes myself. 
So waiting till September and then I filmed all of September for the knives, the knife making and the deliveries. So pretty much my first knife, I took two weeks to film, make and then deliver. And then the subsequent weeks were like build one week, deliver on the weekend, build one week, deliver on the weekend. And then editing all of October, November, December, I took off um, to work in the shop. And then all of January, I, f- I edited again. So it's like, dang. Yeah, full days editing. But a lot of it was like, I'd get to the end of my edit and then had learned a whole bunch of different things. So you get go back to the beginning again, start re-editing, go back to the beginning, <laughs> start editing again. It, it was, yeah. It was, it was hard. So on just like your grinding process that you uh, talked about at the beginning of the show. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get to the end you're like, yeah, it's good, but I know I can do better now. So you restart mm-hmm. and restart. And then you think you have something pretty good and you send it out to the, the executives and they send it, they send you notes back and okay. I hear like an audio hiss in this, in this particular file or a clip and all these like little notes. So you dig through it and then you find other ones that they missed. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was hard on the brain, hard on the body. I'm glad it's done. Sounds like a process, dude. Yeah. Well, I think it was the doing it by myself too. Like I've edited another, like a documentary that we filmed or that I filmed about 10 years ago, but I did it with a partner. And as you're bouncing ideas off each other, um, it goes, quicker i think and here it was uh well three different projects as opposed to one project and doing it solo so it took uh took more than i expected way more that sounds like a lot man mm. yeah but they you're gonna be famous make a commercial for my company so <laughs> i'm stoked yeah well, c- cool, man. I'm, I'm I'm glad for you that it's over. That, that the the editing process sounds like hell to me. Yeah, I don't know if well, I could do something like that. A lot so, of it was that's my cool fault. that you were able to do it. Yeah, docu- I documented too much. I was like, gotcha. oh, I'll film this because what if something interesting happens and I miss it? But nothing interesting happens. <laughs> and then you got like, <laughs> all this footage in your timeline. <clears throat> do I cut it? And it's like I did it all. Oh yeah, I better cut it out. And then you like. Yeah, it's crazy. I had so much video content. It was it's mental. Well, and it's a little bit different because you know when we're making content for social media and stuff, half the time we're making content for other knife makers. I mean, right. Yeah, we're trying to get our names out there, but let's face it, most of the people that follow us are other knife makers. Yeah. Whereas you're trying to create something that's appealing and digestible to the average consumer mm-hmm. on TV, which is a lot different than if you're making it for a knife maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where doing a lot of voiceover um, helped out. So if I was film, I have a sequence on screen and then I could record my using my microphone saying what I'm doing. So. Here I'm forge welding and blah, 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 blah. If oxygen gets between the layers, it could fail. Oh, no. During the tempering process, the steel relaxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like putting it putting it into uh. a spa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Now that the steel's nice and relaxed, we're going to take it out. <laughs> 
and massage it. Yeah, yeah. And then just picking music. Damn. I usually go with like, I don't know, like glitch hip hop kind of stuff for my YouTube. And here I was like, uh, it's just not right for like the everyday consumer of television. So I went more mm. with like, I don't know, not not bluegrass, but like kind of country-esque kind of tunes that are just a little bit friendlier for everyone. So, but it, it worked out great. I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, being released and not thinking about it too much. Nice. So <laughs> we have a lot of American listeners. I'm sure yeah. we have some Canadians, but for those in the States are after those air on Canadian TV, yeah. are they going to be available through any sort of streaming service or anything like that? Oh, I'd love to. They have exclusivity for six months and then I can do with it whatever I want, which is like pretty damn amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so six months down the line, you'll be able to either market it or sell mm-hmm. it however you want. Like ideally in the next month, I'll start, I don't know, poking a few people out there, networks, or I, I don't, I don't know. My, my mom said, put it on Netflix. And you're like, sure, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call them up and see if they want it. Like, but like, that's, that's a big far out dream, but like, it'd be great if someone picked it up. It'd be uh, like, it's not in standard 23 minutes plus commercial format. So it doesn't have that for it. But some form of streaming service would be awesome to have it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to collect a bit of money on the back end of it, too. So Amazon yeah, Prime picks up small projects and then makes you like have to pay a paywall. Like yeah. if you want to watch it, it's like two bucks or three bucks, whatever it is. Hmm. Yeah, my my other documentary is on there. So in in the U.S. and Canada, because of the broadcast rights, they couldn't show it in Canada, which is totally dumb. But hmm. yeah. Hmm. Well, cool. Well, we're looking forward to that for you and we're excited for you and hopefully we'll be able to see it at some point. Yeah, I would love to. Definitely. Solid. Right on, guys. Do we want to call that a show? I think we we probably ought to. No. Is that how you do it? (laughs) No. uh, Lando tried getting us uh, to do it when Jason was on and it was not good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. What is Never it? Seen Bob and Doug. I don't know what that is. Kalu <laughs> Yeah, it's like it? Yeah, it's There you go. Okay. We'll, we'll leave it up to you to do that. All right. Have a great week, eh? Okay. Bye.